Hi there, this is Alvin, and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is none other than the fabulous Tess Diaz, SVP of Business Development at Buckley Media and the former executive producer of DomainSherpa.com. Today, Tess and I talk about her new role with Buckley Media, the domain name brokerage and branding boutique renowned for its customized strategic approach to consultative corporate domain services and signature relationship building. Tess also shares why she greatly values community and collaboration in her new role and how she's using Lunch Club and Clubhouse to nurture new and existing relationships. We also discuss the various levels of engaging a domain brokerage to buy and sell domains. Tess also smashes my curveball of a question in regards to corporate brands using handshake domains. And last but not least, Tess reveals two areas where she shines and channels creativity as her superpowers. And so with that, Tess, welcome back and thank you for making time to join us today. Of course, Alvin, it is always a treat to be able to speak with you. And it is my pleasure to take time for the domain community. You know how much I love domainers. (laughs) Well, it's been a while since you've been on the show, you were on the show a while back, and I think we talked a bit about just your experience into the industry. But for listeners that are tuning in for the first time, you know, why don't you share at a high level just a, a bit about who you are, your personal professional background? Sure. So I entered the domain space a little over 15 years ago. I worked for six or seven years as an executive account rep at GoDaddy, which was very interesting getting real insights into how the domain industry really works, um, what's going on behind the scenes, and consulting pretty much anyone who's an investor in the space, whether it's a Fortune 500 company or a serial entrepreneur, or in particular, really got to know a lot of domain investors that way. And in that capacity, I met Drew Rosner, really introduced him to the domain space, course, you know, with his own amazing talents, he kicked off media options after about six years of consulting him from my role at GoDaddy. Then I wound up working with him for the past seven years or so. And then a couple months ago, you know, it was time for me to move on. And actually, I guess I should also say for three years, I executive produced and hosted Domain Sherpa, which was truly my greatest (laughs) experience in the domain industry. You know, in our careers, we really want to look at what brings us joy. And it gave me a lot of joy to build community for the domain industry, to highlight folks in the industry who really deserve attention and to recognize newcomers in the space and to, um, of course, bring in all the oldies and goodies too. So it was quite quite a delight. And now my new business partner is Kate Buckley of Buckley Media. And it's been amazing getting to know her more and working with her as a SVP. So I'm doing strategy, doing a brokerage, and doing some things you'll hear about soon. So. Okay. You're just going to drop that like that. You're going <laughs> to leave it like that. She's like, some things that you'll be hearing about soon. And we're walking. Okay. All right. I still I still see you still have the host in you. 
That I, I'm I'm ready to interview you, Alvin. When's the last time you were interviewed on your show? Maybe we should do that. Oh my gosh, we will have to do that one. I don't I don't know if I can answer them as well as you though. Now you're just. Tess I, don't, is, I don't know. Is this a kid Tess friendly my, show? My my big <laughs> little sister. Oh my gosh, I I can remember uh, meeting you at NamesCon, um, and it was like the the one thing that I kind of walked. Out, I was like, man, Tess is a ball of fire. I was like, oh, my gosh, like she knows everybody. She knows what's going on. She's in the know. She's like you just have a good pulse on this industry. So a little bit of that, obviously, it comes from likely you valuing, I guess, community collaboration um, in a sense. And so uh, I guess where does that really stem from? I mean, has that always been there? Is that something that was developed early in childhood or like where or is it just innate tests? I think I am such a mega extrovert, and um, that's probably where it all began. And, and how's COVID going for you? <laughs> oh, it's been rough. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely, I do live in Arizona three times, the COVID capital of the world. My apologies. I have done my part, despite how difficult it has been for my personality. And good thing, you know, I'm super grateful, actually, throughout all of COVID. I mean, we yeah. have things that no one ever had before during pandemics. We have Zoom and FaceTime and Netflix and, you know, a million things. And it's not to say that we can't all be having a really difficult time, but I am very, very grateful. But back to values and, and community, I think definitely during my childhood, there was a lot of that. I think it just works for my personality. I actually, you know, in September, Kate Buckley gave a talk at NamesCon that was very popular on your personal brand. And that made a real impact on me and really sitting down and thinking about what is my personal brand? What are my personal values? Where and how do I want them to be aligned in my working relationships and my life? you know, everywhere. And I think right now, everybody's talking about Clubhouse. I think for that reason, especially during a pandemic, we all are looking for community and connection anywhere we can find it. But I think that intense longing, first of all, is part of the human condition. But particularly, you know, there are all these studies about how as the internet has developed, humankind is in many ways, more fragmented than ever. And then you throw a pandemic as the icing on that cake. So I think, you know, it was really ripe for something like Clubhouse. And then I was really surprised because Alvin, I might be your little sister in friendliness and domains, but also in uh, in extra, we we got the extrovert gene, both of us. That's for sure. So I was really surprised that you had not heard of Lunch Club. So Lunch Club, is I was on that before Clubhouse. Lunch Club is more about one-on-one meetings. Mm. Um, have did you sign up? Did you do one yet? I haven't done okay, one yet. There's still time. There is still time. <laughs> well, at the, at this point, the way fights are breaking out on Clubhouse, I mean, I, I probably need one-on-one time with somebody. I'm like, my Aww. goodness. I'm like, y'all. <laughs> we are a community. We are together. Let's stop fighting one another. It's tough, so- I think. But anyway, yeah. So so Lunch Club is pretty cool. It's for one-on-one meetings with people in your interest. They automatically schedule you for an hour, but then you can write to the person and say, listen, I allocate half an hour. There's nothing wrong with that. So Lunch Club, I would recommend get on there, spend about 10 minutes on your profile and who you'd be a good match with. 
after that, it's just really more of the same. You're not going to get more drilled down matches because of that. You can choose matches in your local community if you're somewhere, if you're somewhere cool. Um, you know, <laughs> like, if you're like, like Austin, Texas. I love Austin, but um, Phoenix isn't, isn't, isn't on the cool kids list there, but um, you know, if you're somewhere big enough, like LA or New York, you can do local only, but otherwise it's pretty much a global option. And I've met some really interesting folks. I think the biggest thing, you know, the domain industry, there's a certain point where you need to connect with other people in the domain industry, Right. but I would advise that all domain investors look at their networking relationship time and choose, you know, just like an investment portfolio, you need to have different percentages allocated to different areas. And I think a lot of folks miss that. And we are kind of a lonely, separated industry. But I think we need time with marketing professionals. We need time with hearing feedback from corporate legal professionals in the branding space, you know, all sorts of areas besides exclusively domain name conferences as much value as they have. And I'll probably add to that too, which is is something to really consider when you think about just the just the industry in and of itself. And so oftentimes so much focus can be put on domain names, domain names, domain names, domain names. And we forget or can forget about the relational aspect. And I would tend to say that there is likely going to, there could be more weight or should be more weight given to the relational aspect than just the domain name by itself funny you say that because I have always referred to domain brokerage, especially, you know, I've really only worked with, you know, a certain level, but I've always referred to it as matchmaking because <laughs> it's not just a matter of you need this, take like you're single, get with it. It's not like that. It's what are your particular needs in your particular vertical, in your particular company's brand story, in your particular financial situation? And then on top of that, even though something can be a fabulous fit, it's not necessarily the timing for one or the other party to make a change. Maybe the domain is currently owned by an investor who is looking for a market change right now and not ready to sell, or maybe it's owned by a corporation who has the plan for it right now, or just doesn't have the time to allocate for their legal team to decide if it's time for divestment right now. There have been plenty of times where you need to wait and say, all right, can we schedule your legal team to take a look at this in the next quarter? Can you work that into how they're allocating their time next quarter? So it's it's not always just right now because right. it looks good on paper to a domain investor. It's just a lot more complex than that, you know? So then how would you say, just based on your own experience and history in terms of doing some of the these larger deals, so when I say larger deals, we're speaking into definitely six, certainly seven-figure domain sales. So is there a difference or what is the difference um, in terms of how you would approach the lower end of the scale? So 10,000 below uh, versus those that are high six, high seven figure deals, or are you approaching them the same way? Oh, there's an enormous difference. And, you know, most brokerage firms that I usually interact with aren't 
doing the, the deals at, you know, the $10,000 range and below, mm-hmm. although they certainly have value, I would really recommend anyone begin there, you know, both in if they're trying out brokerage or if they are trying to understand domain name values and investing because you make a lot of mistakes along the way and it's part of the learning process. You know, it's funny, even clicking, if you're ever in an auction, as soon as you click the buy button and then you're waiting, all of a sudden you see all sorts of problems you didn't see 30 seconds before. <laughs> um, have you ever done that, right? <laughs> that is true. That's true. Yeah, living, just suddenly. Living like, witness. Oh no, This they, I, I forgot. I didn't look if there could be, you know, a trademark problem. I wonder what about, you know, actually that's really outdated. Nobody uses that term anymore. Was that an L or was that an I? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it is, I mean, there is something psychologically different. And that I think a lot of, no matter, Psyker's classes are phenomenal. DN Academy is top notch, right? But in conjunction with clicking that button, sweating bullets, realizing all these other things. I, I don't know if that answered your question, but um, no, if that's an does. experience that has entertained me personally when it's happened to me <laughs> and entertained me to see others go through. <laughs> no, I think, I think it does though. Uh, Cause I think it, it's a, it's a testament to obviously just outbounding. Let's just use broadly outbounding domains. They're just night and day tactics that are just different when you're outbounding, uh, you know, anything. And I said 10,000 actually meant to say a hundred thousand and less just different tactics that you have to use, especially if, even if we were to include 10,000 and below totally different, you know, zero to 25 K it's not so much about the domain value as the cost of letting it go. If you have a client or if you have a seller who isn't incentivized to sell, you know, if you have a seller who makes $600,000 a year, he doesn't care that the domain is worth 5,000. He bought it with a plan and an idea. And for him, even if he hasn't lifted a finger to actually execute on that plan, there's still a cost of letting go of the idea he's already married to that plan. And also his need now to buy a new domain. And then of course the emotional cost. I'd say like maybe 25 to hundred grand is really the opposite of a sweet spot because a broker will really come in handy to help you with that. Mm. But a broker can spend the exact same amount of time and money to do that for 100 to maybe three, $400,000 domain. So that's where you really want to develop your relationships with your peers. You want to work with up and coming brokers. You want to maybe do a consultation with a broker for some insight and, and direction, but those, those are tricky and it is more based on what the actual value of the domain is. However, outbound on that is, is really tough just Mm. because of all those factors. I think a lot of times probably best to just put it up for sale and see who comes to you because you do have that immediate advantage, but sometimes you have a time, you know, an issue of timing or um, cash flow, where, or maybe the domain itself is time sensitive that like right now we're brokering studyhole.com on behalf of our beloved Braden Pollock and uh, (laughs) you got me. (laughs) 
I was like, maybe it's the microphone. No, maybe no. Alvin is hilarious. Um, Tess is like, you go pay for that one, buddy. <laughs> you just wait for your interview to come along. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. So, so, um, so y'all so broke that from Braden. Yes, but I'm saying right now, that, mm-hmm. that's a better time to sell that. I mean, right now, everyone in true education, ed tech, ed anything is still scrambling like crazy. Mm-hmm. So, and what does scrambling mean? Not just new products, new services, but also consolidation, innovation, startups, infusion of capital. There's so much happening that this is the time to sell that. Not, I don't know. I mean, obviously you sell it 10 years from now, it's probably going to be worth more, right. but it's going to be a lot easier to outbound sell it right now. Correct. And if you have to choose between your domains for, for whatever your portfolio strategy is, this is a great time to do it. So, so let know. me ask you this then. So, and which is, I think it's a great point here. So why, like, what's the difference between someone like a Braden Pollock who, I mean, Braden has a good breadth of experience in the industry versus someone like uh, a Kate Buckley yourself uh, or just Buckley media in general, like, what's that delineation? Because I know that there are listeners out there going, well, how is a broker going to help me sell You know, my domains? Now, obviously, I use domains very loosely because some people could have four or five word domains out there thinking they can come to you and sell them. And it's like, eh, not so much. So walk us through, I guess, the delineation of how someone like a Braden, why they would come to you know, like Buckley Media. Okay. Well, uh, first of all, I'm sure Braden works with all sorts of brokers. So, so Braden is a serial entrepreneur first and foremost, and there are many folks who have a different primary interest and subject matter expertise who like take Mark Levine, who then develop this understanding of domains in the process. And then, you know, maybe there's a lot of crossover where their portfolio, especially at the beginning, is very heavily specifically in their area of expertise. And then over time, really broadens. Um, So folks like that, they really already have two areas of subject matter expertise. And while I'm certainly confident that many folks in many ultra premium domain investors could broker their own domains, there's also a matter of when to choose to outbound sell so that you liquidate for other opportunities, which which firm to sell with. I think most clients are not, you know, owned by one brokerage house, so to speak. You know, I think that there are different verticals or different um, storytellings within sales uh-huh. that um, different brokers specialize in, right? Just like, I mean, I'm here in Scottsdale. There are golf homes, right? I mean, there are homes that are just on the golf course and that's what they're all about. And I'm sure there's some real estate agent who really shines specifically at selling those. And then, you know, there are the folks who get this market or that market. It's, it's right. pretty much the same thing. So, yeah. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And so Buckley some- Media really focuses on storytelling, um, which... I mean, you know me. <laughs> I got the gift of the gab. No, like, I, I, love like, the I love a good story. Casting. Yeah, it's it's just you know when you sell a domain, it you're, what you're selling is the vision, the brand, the idea of what it can do for you. And uh, really, that's what every broker is selling. 
right? But Buckley Media does it in a, in a way that's very closely tied to Kate Buckley's naming and branding background and to really holistically, authentically connecting with each client and what their overall needs and story are. Um, because a domain name should dovetail in with an existing brand story. Like you're not going to reach out to, I, you know, I was doing some outbound today and I didn't take notes for you. Maybe I should have, but <laughs> there's a point where you're like, oh, this company is super like super technical. They're right. obviously it's run completely by, you know, developers. Let's can, can we say hey, dirty? Hey, 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 don't talk about us like that. <laughs> Our developers and engineer friends. Are they friends though? Are they? Hey. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, that... <laughs> now, I'm friends with anyone, but um, you know, that personality type right. that I'm teasing right now, but for a point, you, if you can tell that's the whole company's storytelling approach, you're not going to reach out to them with a very vague, ethereal idea yeah. on a on a brand. You're going to reach out to those folks exclusively with an exact match. Right. And understanding that, it's not just about not wasting anybody's time, it's also about connecting with them. Because right. you you connect with people when you're reaching out based on an understanding of who they are instead of well, I'm just throwing everything at the wall and I'll see what sticks. Right. Um, that doesn't feel good. That person isn't going to turn around and come back to you and say, hey, I actually do have a need for this other situation or product or service. So that's where I think a lot of, of Buckley Media's approach stands out. And that's what I really love, love about being there. So now how has your, so has your role changed much, uh, if any, from, from uh, media options to Buckley media? I mean, is, or is it kind of the same? Well, I'll tell you what's changed is the time zone difference. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. I absolutely love working with someone who half the year is on the same time zone as me <laughs> and half the year is only one hour apart. That's spectacular. Um, so what I'm doing for Kate is really threefold as SVP. I'm doing brokerage myself. I'm doing strategy and growth development for the company overall. And then I'm doing, uh, we're looking at another branch of products and services because, and again, you know, Kate is very holistic and it's important when you look at what your own USPs are. And I really challenge anyone who's listening what are your personal USPs? What are your um, portfolios USPs? I mean, it's because you have a company. If you're a domain investor, you are a company with products to sell, even if every one of your products is a domain name. But for Buckley Media, we do so much advising. And then she and I both have backgrounds in executive coaching. And so it just makes sense to look at a bigger picture. Domains are not standalone products. And if you've already done all this research, and effort into finding the appropriate connection and then building an authentic connection with that person and or entity, then it just seems kind of inefficient, but also a little not thoughtless, 
but it, it just seems off to just, well, I have this one domain right now and that's it. Bye. Right. Um, <laughs> it seems far more appropriate to look at what other products and services most of the folks that we encounter do not have and would truly benefit from. The, so here's an example as a broker, right? You reach out to a company and who do you reach out to? Do you reach out to the chief marketing officer? Do you reach right. out to CFO, your CEO? Who's in charge, chief legal? Because you know, you're know you on a very similar brand and missing this. And this is it is intellectual property. Who do you reach out to? And the fact that no one knows, no, there is no standard structure, protocol, right. procedure. I have, I have a story. When I worked at GoDaddy, I consulted Fortune 100 company for years. I was very close with the one person in charge of thousands of domain names. However, hilarious, the legal team would not entrust her with the top four domain names for the company. Publicly wow. traded, enormous company. And they Why was felt, that? well, because they were so important. Why would you entrust them to the person who's an expert in how to manage them? Oh, did I say that out loud? So um, she called me on New Year's Day. I'll never forget. I was making pancakes for my kids. And when I saw her call and I was like, that's weird. And something's not okay. So I took her call and I wound up. I had her on, on speakerphone. This was like before AirPods were cool. And I had her on speakerphone for like, I mean, not the whole time, for like three hours I talked to her. But I remember flipping pancakes for my kids while I was on speakerphone with this woman. <laughs> and basically the lawyers let the, the domain name expire. Um, it was up for auction on like a typical auction house for expired domains. And of course they didn't know what to do and wanted her to fix it. So she didn't know what to do. She didn't have any procedures in place. And of course, they were at a different registrar. Like if it had been GoDaddy where I worked at the time, oh, that would have been yeah. one thing. But the lawyers wanted it at their registrar. Every single thing about the protocol was different. And while this is a story that like I'm on video with Alvin on Zoom right now, and I can just see like his body, <laughs> like he needs a massage. This, this, is, <laughs> this story is getting worse by the second. I'm like, uh, I'm leaving half of it out because I don't want to <laughs> reveal their identity or True. like, you know, um, but point of my story is nobody knows who's, who manages these things at corporations. And I don't mean you and I don't know. Right. I mean, the corporations don't know. And that's an enormous liability right. at the end of the day, because they don't have the, the security in place. This can also be, um, I'll never forget one time my dad's bank called at GoDaddy and they had to validate their account and their password was one, two, three, four. And this, I mean, GoDaddy will not allow one, two, three, four anymore. This was long, long ago. Remember before AirPods? Um, What's my password? Um, password? Yeah. But I, I was like, I will not transfer you. It's like, you, my dad's life savings is in your account. I'm not transferring Jeez. you. And change your password. Let me know when you're done. Or not your password, <laughs> but whatever. You know? And they were like, whoa. Um, like, but are you kidding? But there's no wow. oversight. There's no protocol. There's, I mean, the security. Security concerns behind this are incredibly important. Right. And so I really believe that the domain, not just the domain industry in and of itself, we're maturing a lot. We're not, be, you know, I see such different behavior than I saw at conferences in, you know, 06, but also 
the understanding of a need for someone at a company to specialize in domains, to have a protocol in place, to protect not only the assets themselves, but what these assets give access to, Mm -hmm. right? If my dad's bank has a password of one, two, three, four, guess what, folks? That's a big problem for a lot more than quote unquote, a domain name, all of a sudden you're looking at the SSL, you're looking at the email, looking at so much. So I think we need to see really continued education and growth in, in particularly in the corporate arena for that. But that's a real sales challenge as well, because can you sell if nobody at the company knows who's responsible for it? And, and then there's infighting, whose budget is this coming out of? Right. Well, is it out of Google's budget? Because it's an IP asset? Is it yeah. out of marketing's budget? Because now they don't have to spend as much on marketing? Is it out of, uh, I mean, they'll come up with a reason it comes out of anybody else's budget, right? right. I mean, wouldn't we all? So it's, that's a unique challenge. So, you know? so, well, no, well, I think it's a, a good point here because it kind of dovetails into your experience and in, in terms of what you're seeing as you're approaching some of uh, these corporate uh, relationships. So are you starting to see more corporate companies actually identify roles that are for domain managers or uh, in some instances, I've seen it called brand, branding manager or, um, God, I can't think of the other term, but are you starting to see more of these positions and roles? Like, I think I saw one with Disney uh, to where they're like, hey, we need someone to come in and manage our portfolio of domains. Uh, that And that's actually the word I was looking for, portfolio manager. And so are you seeing so these roles? A lot of corporations have already had them or do have them. It's developing but they're not necessarily decision makers. Mm. They um, more often are simply managing assets. Um, And that's why, say, you know, my New Year's Day client, she wasn't allowed to manage the big stuff because even though she was an expert in how to do everything, they felt that she was too low level. And I Oh, you wasn't too low level though to pick up that phone and be like, hey, we got ourselves in a jam, get us out. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wasn't too low level to call 911 on New Year's morning. Um, I'm like, man. Yeah. Funny, none of the lawyers were on that call. But so I want to look at if I'm selling to a corporation, I want to point out this is something, I mean, I don't say it quite in these words, but you know how to get the words to make them start thinking about what's going on their annual review uh, on. This is how you have grown, protected the brand, secured, um, prevented, you know, I think those, those kind of words and awareness, not only before the sale, but after are mm. vital for incentivizing them to do this again, because where's it going to affect my, why do I want to stick my neck out and have, right. you know, the 60-year-old white guy in the boardroom yelling at me <laughs> that I could have spent that marketing spend elsewhere. Right. Um, so it's that's a challenge. So do I see more of these roles occurring? Uh, a bit, like not enough to like write home about. But what I do see is an increasing awareness of the actual power of domains. And I do believe it's it's the top 2% of domains that are selling for more and more and more and getting more and more publicity. Mm. And as that occurs, it, it trickles down into everyone's understanding and insight. I think it's hilarious that Michael Saylor, all of a sudden, like now that everybody gets Bitcoin, people are starting to listen to him. 
and with his voice.com sale in 2019 for 30 million. I think, you know, you hope people will connect those dots. Right. I mean, his interview on Domain Sherpa was spectacular. I was. Um, so yeah, and him really pointing out what domain names are are worth. But I don't think unless until it really impacts you, it doesn't have as big an effect. So I think little by little companies are starting to catch on. No. So let me throw you a curveball because you just sparked something else in my mind. And it's so what do you think about handshake domains? Or have you even heard of handshake domains? Do you not watch Domain Sherpa? <laughs> <laughs> I love Handshake. I, I admire Mike Carson and Steve Webb. They're Come brilliant on. folks. I am not a tech person. I am a strategist and people person who works around a lot of tech and absorbs a lot of tech. I see um, what you did there. What did I do? I see what you, <laughs> did. I, I catch your curveball? Did I hit your curveball? <laughs> see what you did there. I see what you I did am, there. And for the record, wearing my favorite Fenway hat. Um, she is. She is. Oh, my goodness. So I think that there's a particular market for those. Mm-hmm. It's not my personal specialty. Ah. My personal specialty is more, you know, ultra premium, short one word comms. But that doesn't mean there isn't tremendous value not only in the Apple domains under Handshake, but also in the innovation. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times we need to see iterations. And in no, I have no judgment or statement about the success or failure of Handshake. I'm more thinking like Mount Gox. I remember the day Mount Gox fell, right? Yeah. And yeah. we needed, like in the entire cryptocurrency development, you need innovation. And then you find out we're building a whole new world, like crazy, unimaginable, and also intangible new world. So as that occurs, we need innovators. We need brilliant minds. We need tremendous creativity. And we need to collaborate with others. And actually, this takes us over to a lot of what you and I have talked about in the last year or so, Alvin. Yeah about diversity, we really need different perspectives. Right. And that means, you know, of age, of color, of culture, of gender, of any different perspective there is, the more that we hear those different perspectives, the more creative that we become, the more innovative and truly impactful change occurs from trying, failing, trying, failing. So again, this has zero statement. I mean, I've never seen Mike Carson do anything that didn't work out. I'm not trying to say that at all. I'm trying to say that that's the only thing I am an expert on. I am not an expert on the actual technology or frankly, on the value of domains at uh, at that level. Right. Um, that's not my area, but my area is to say we need this. And honestly, we need to support it to some degree because otherwise innovation doesn't happen if nobody ever buys anything or tries it out. You know? Right. And do you think now in, in terms, and this is, this is one of those questions that I don't know what the answer is. And it, and it really derives around, do you 
perceive that you're so the customers that you service um, as fo- obviously as we as an economy move towards uh, the crypto blockchain era or rather quite already into this lane, then do some of those customers, do you perceive or do you even foresee or do you ever see a situation that they may look to a handshake domain? Um, a part of me says no, but then it's kind of like, well, you know, you just don't know. Nobody, I, I never saw, uh, what, what is it, Bitcoin going to 40 something thousand dollars either. And how I wish I could go back to when it was like 10 or hey. under a thousand. <laughs> A, we all wish that, but B, doesn't mean you shouldn't buy it today anyway. And just to be very specific, it's at 47365 US dollars right now. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, do you think, so what do you think? Like, will your customer, will the your clientele, do you think that they'll look at and handshake or blockchain? No. What, hand, handshake, no. I don't think that's appropriate or necessary for our clientele. Just like Bitcoin all of a sudden is being so being adopted right now by right. you know more and more corporate clients. That would not have been appropriate five years ago. It would have been, you know, especially for publicly traded company. Exactly. Um, that would have been risky, too, I mean, too risky and too outside of the norm to be safe or appropriate for the constraints in which a publicly traded company needs right. to um, needs operate to or govern themselves. Yeah. yeah. However, and so in the same way, what I see for these large corporations, they can get the top 2% of, do, of domains, which are all .coms, right? Right. That is something that they can work with. But just like Michael Saylor is not about to go get like, I don't know, some super random coin that nobody's ever heard of, right? He's not right. even buying Ethereum that I'm aware of, right? Right. So they need to start at the most established. It's the little guy who is usually the biggest risk taker or the most diverse in their pursuits, let's say, right? right. So I think it's going to be a bunch of little guys who figure out some amazing things along the way and really develop value that way instead. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And I think it's a it is a great segue because what you're alluding to is ultimately it's like hey because for some people they'll look and they'll say you'll have listeners that'll say oh well handshake domains are just going to take over the legacy domains. That could happen, but here we are living in reality. The reality is this, it ain't happening today. Um, and even if it did, it's going to take years for something like that to happen, uh, which then means that, you know, you're going to have a lot of the the corporate, especially the, the global conglomerates, they're going to have to, you know, make this jump. And they're like, we ain't making this jump. So that being said, though, I think you, you're right in terms of it's going to be those who are nimble, those who are probably smaller in terms of just creativity, who are and you know, for what it makes sense for what they're doing, they're willing to take that risk. But in taking such risks, there is often great reward and versus the conglomerates that they're trying to limit risk, if anything. I mean, yeah, they'll take a risk, but it's going to be a very calculated risk that's going to gauge upside. And so I say that's an interesting segue because of you mentioned the word creativity. 
And so when I think of Tess, I go, what inspires Tess to be creative at a personal as well as a professional level? I love creativity. I think it's extremely, and, and you're talking to someone who like, I can't draw a stick figure. Um, however, um, so Savannah, need- wait, wait, no, no, we're not going past that one. All right. Okay. You can't draw a stick figure. Am I like getting a piece? I mean, I could draw a stick figure. Wait, hold on, Tess. Here's what I need to know. What does does drawing a stick figure have to do with anything? I don't know. I mean, right. You think that creativity means like, you know, Kate Buckley is a published (laughs) poet laureate and has and her paintings in galleries, right? Yeah. I, th- I I used to, in my 20s, and my perspective of myself and my career, I Wait, thought- Wait, you're not in your 20s? Oh, Alvin. <laughs> now, I, I, I now thought. you got me. <laughs> I, I would have thought. I really thought back then that I just, I'm not creative. I, I can't do art. And now I realize my creativity- is I'm a very versatile, creative, adventurous, and successful cook in my kitchen privately and in my business ideas. Those are the Mm. two areas where I really shine in seeing big pictures, in seeing um, new ways, best ways, enhancement. I really like the the cooking instead of, you know, I'm sure that someone who knows how to hold a brush and combine textures has a different vocabulary, but mine is how to enhance a flavor, how to bring out, build those layers of flavor within your client's customer experience. Creativity is about the synapses in your brain and getting them to spark. And so if you want to get better at it, you just do more of it. Um, so, so exercises are great. And you know what? We're all super bored in this ever going pandemic. <laughs> we may as well have a Zoom call and do a creativity exercise with your family instead of fighting over how crummy Uncle Tony's Christmas gift to you was or something. I don't know. <laughs> Love you, Uncle Tony. I was about to say, I'm like, who is Uncle Tony? And what did he do wrong to anybody? Oh my gosh, poor Uncle Tony. All right, well, wrapping up the incest. Like, hey, what would your advice be to someone that's looking to get involved in the domain industry, investing or brokering? Like, where should they start? You know what? I'm going to ignore your question. <laughs> You got me back. You got me back. I think um, there is a different question that is similar. That Mm -hmm. is, I think everyone who's just starting out in domaining gets the exact same advice and is assumed to have the exact same entry level. I think particularly, excuse me, particularly with Clubhouse, there's a, um, but always I have encountered for 15, 16 years this level of demeanor that gets no advice. And that is someone coming in with 50 to $100,000 to spend. Someone really? who is at, a, at or around you know, a director or executive level in their subject matter expertise, who maybe doesn't want to have the same conversations of someone with the majority of the investors who have never invested in anything before, who don't really understand general investment principles. But I think that level of investor gets overlooked. 
And I think that there are a lot of opportunities. I certainly think at Buckley Media, I'm developing something specifically for those folks, just Uh really because no, but it's the other way around. Like, I'm just like, they need some area to connect and to grow where it's not starting from the same experience level. I mean, I've met people. I remember my first year at GoDaddy, I met this poor gentleman. He spent 80 grand on on horrific domain names. Like, I don't know if domains were $8 a pop, then he spent 80 grand divided by eight. That, you know, like he bought 10,000 domains that all needed to be thrown in the garbage. Um, And it's investors like that that I continue to encounter over the years. And more this year than any other year. And they need a different type of guidance. And call me, I'll give it to you. No, but also let's have podcasts for them, specifically what they need to understand the domain market and to understand how to make their first, second, third domain acquisitions at those levels without making a big mistake, you know? Um, Totally. Well, it was totally good to talk with you, Alvin. Every time we talk, I feel more energized and excited about domains. Um, yeah, right. And not I do. Um, yeah, I right. really enjoy you <laughs> and everything that you highlight at Kickstart Commerce. You do a yeah. super fab job. And if you would ever like to be interviewed, you let me know. We've got to make it happen. We've got to make <laughs> it happen. Well, Tess, well, thank you for making time to join us today. It's a pleasure. All right. Till next time. All right. And thank you listeners for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks. And that's all for now.